You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, and they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. Live the game. And it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 1075 the game. Tyler West, Chris, and Preston along with you going until... 12 o'clock, you can hit us on the Love Chevrolet phone lines at 803-404-6100. Same number as always for the Firehouse Subs text line. Starting things off today, as expected yesterday, we added another piece to the 2023 Gamecocks recruiting class as wide receiver Elijah Caldwell officially committed to the Gamecocks. Yeah, guys, I think a a really nice pickup for South Carolina. And really, there were, like we talked about for a couple weeks, there's only two targets left for, for high school ball. I mean, I think this is the new normal, you know, going into the late signing day, I guess, which is the traditional signing day. This has been the trend actually for a while now that there are only a few targets left. But I think when you combine transfer portal plus, uh, you know, early signing period, this is the result you have is that there's only a couple of guys left. South Carolina getting one of their two final targets with Nick Harbor, of course, the other who will announce on Wednesday afternoon. But uh, Elijah, a guy that South Carolina really kind of went all in on in the last month or so. They had evaluated him throughout his senior year. He had a big year, uh, sort of just went off for Northwestern, didn't do a whole lot of the camp circuit stuff during the summer, really was more focused on his high school team. And, uh, you know, you watch the film, Chris. Uh, this kid's a player. Uh, I think pretty good size, good strong hands, high football IQ. I'll tell y'all a story I enjoy about him uh, here in a second at the Shrine Bowl. But, um, you know, you turn on the film, man. I know people say, oh, three-star, blah, 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 blah. Um, kid's a good player. I think he's built the right way as far as um, the mentality he has. And, and actually plays something that I think is very – I would say underrated with wide receivers. Kid plays pretty physical, uh, which I think is something Carolina values in their receivers and also could probably play any of the receiver spots on Carolina's uh, roster and Carolina's offense, I should say. Yeah, I saw him at the Shrine Bowl game itself. Um, Lenore Sellers, you know, throwing to him, seeing the film. And it's an interesting player because he – 
Yeah, I guess just like not flashy, maybe, is the way that you could describe him. Even though you look at his film and there's big play after big play. Like this is a kid that, what did he have, West I think 70, over 75 catches. I think he scored 20 touchdowns as a senior for a good football team. So anytime you look at that, you know, that should stand out probably more than it has even. He, he kind of quietly did that. And part of it may have been because of his ranking, maybe maybe because of his offer list, you know, former West Virginia commitment who backed off that commitment, NC State getting involved, South Carolina getting involved later. But I think you go beyond the high school, you know, stat lines. There are a lot of guys that put up numbers in high school and then you got to dive into, okay, how do they project to the next level? And so this isn't a guy that's like six foot four. He may not run four three, but he's just really productive. And I think there are some traits that can carry over to the college level, and he just he just produces. You know, when you look at his game, he, he's a football player. Like I, I think he's not the guy that's going to blow you away necessarily in the measurables, but um, just uh, is a really really good football player. Had a huge senior year. Uh, I think the offer list probably, and it was a solid offer list. Uh, you know, NC State was the other finalist. Um, Kentucky, I don't think ever actually offered, but they were they were involved. West Virginia actually has recruited the state of South Carolina pretty well over the last couple of years too. That's where he was committed for much of the process. Decommitted in December. The thought at the time was that he actually was going to decommit and head to NC State. Made what I thought was a very sharp decision to actually wait it out. We talked about this maybe at the time. Sometimes it's smart to just go ahead and lock in and sign in December other times is smart to just wait it out I got to think that there was probably some intel delivered that hey these other offers good chance they're coming in and um, South Carolina it seemed like wanted to go ahead and just get their initial class locked in in December reevaluate see where they were but uh, pretty Pretty quickly after that, South Carolina ended up offering Elijah Caldwell. All right, so I don't want to I don't want to assume things uh, about anybody, but I I understand why a guy like maybe Nick Harbor would wait to the end because you know like like Jadavian Clowney, if he says y'all are gonna wait, everybody's like yes sir, we'll wait until you decide. You know, what are some of the reasons why uh, a recruit that's middle of the pack say like uh, like Caldwell or somebody of that stature? Why is it that they would be waiting till this point to sign? Yeah, I think in this case in particular, it was more, all right, the South Carolina offer was something he obviously coveted. The South Carolina offer, like Carolina was already recruiting him and was showing interest and I think probably had given some indication of, look, we're, we're probably going to offer you. Um, the in, in his case, the NC State offer had just happened as well. And so he hadn't really had time to take an official visit there. So I think he sort of felt, and I'm sure the coaches there at Northwestern felt that this was trending upward. And obviously, you know, there is value to committing early and locking in your spot. There, there can be value if you have a big senior year like he did, whereas you have schools out there, maybe they miss on a guy here or there, and they're saying, all right, what positions do we still need? And they say, all right, we actually still need a wide receiver. This kid had a phenomenal senior year. Um, look at the film, like, okay, this guy's like a really good ball player. And 
you know, it, they end up being a late take, basically. And I think that's what happened with NC State. Uh, Joker Phillips, actually. Joker's still around? I think Joker is the receivers coach at Get NC State. We ha- how, How's this? <laughs> I got to share this story. How's this for some inside information? So on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central, I cannot confirm or deny this random poster. It's like, hey, this is like last week, I think. No, it was early this week. It's like, hey, guys, um, talking about the Gamecocks. We're we're definitely getting Elijah Caldwell this week. He's like, I saw Joker Phillips at a uh, at a bar in uh, Charlotte, and I talked to him, and he was upset because he missed out on a wide receiver <laughs> at Northwestern. And the, uh, the the timeline actually made perfect sense for that story to be a hundred percent true. But um, yeah, he uh, so he took his official visit to South Carolina over the weekend, committed to Shane Beamer on Sunday and then went public on Thursday. But uh, I tell you all what, I think the the football IQ of this kid and the competitive nature of him as well is something that's probably, um, you know, overlooked as well. Shrine Bowl practice, I'm sitting there, and you, you have pretty good access at Shrine Bowl practice. So I'm just standing around. I'm like 10 feet away from the wide receivers. I'm watching Lenoris throw to these guys. And... Um, one of the other receivers runs a route and it was some type of middle breaking route. It's like a dig route or like one of those over routes. It was something that led the receiver into the vicinity of the safeties. And this is on like day one or two, I think they're installing this offense. And Elijah says, uh, respectfully, he says, Hey man, um, when you're running that route against that look, you got to make sure that that route is a little bit more shallow. He's like, the the spot you're at right now, you're going right into where the safety would be in that zone coverage. And I'm just sitting there looking around. I'm like, this is not the way I normally hear high school wide receivers talk. Um, and I, I've been told by a Northwestern coach as well that the – that because I told him that story, he's like, yeah, that matches. Like he's just a very high football IQ guy in terms of understanding, um, not just oh here's my route and here's what I do, but why do I run this route? What how does it fit into what I'm running that route against defensively? So that caught my attention. I don't think you necessarily see that a ton, Chris, with high school receivers. It's yeah. more like are they big? Are they fast? Can they catch? <laughs> I can. You don't. Yeah. So that that yeah. caught my attention. And and I mean all the traits like the you know if you find a six four six foot four kid who can jump out of the gym and runs four four and has this big catch radius like that's great like you definitely take that right but so much of it like I feel like at receiver a lot more than even other positions it helps a ton if you have great top end speed certainly change of direction quickness is even more important than than the top end speed but like. Being just a smart player is really important because, like, I was watching NFL the other day and watching just some that you know, every now and then they'll zoom in on routes that receivers are running. And some of them you watch, and you're like, it looks like that dude's running half speed, but like, that's what the route requires. Like, it's just about running a smart route and getting yourself open. So, when you look at someone like Caldwell on film, yeah, he doesn't have physical attributes that blow you away, but he can change direction. They use them. They utilize them on a lot of different types of routes. Whether it was tunnel screens, middle of the field screens, they line them up at running back. Some 
have him go down the field, over the middle of the field. So they use him in a lot of different ways. So he has some versatility and the production. I mean, you don't you don't catch that many balls and touchdowns just by accident. Like the system helps, yes, but he gets himself there. Yeah, Northwestern has a very receiver friendly system, obviously, but a feather in his cap into that whole staff. You know, they Northwestern a traditional football power underwent some turmoil, things of that nature, and they sort of got back on their feet. And I'm assuming that he was part of sort of that turnaround. And that, to me, that's, that speaks volumes also. He was a huge part of that. Um, they have another kid, underclassman, running back. Uh, first name's Turbo. Um, great name for a running back that uh, also has been a big part of that. But, yeah, he, he's been a huge part of that. And I think so often that route running – you see, like Chris is talking about, you see the guys that are really good route runners in the NFL, it's all subtle, you know what I mean? And it's being willing to kind of um, get to the point, like to the to where you know the nuance of a route, I, I think. And a lot of these guys, like the little subtle head fakes that they make, or um, like Chris is talking about, maybe gearing it down and then changing gears and, and accelerating out, all those things are, I think, important. And to add a little bit of context, I think, for people who maybe just tuned in, when I think, Chris, when you're saying he maybe doesn't have traits that jump off the page, that is more in context to, like, SEC college receivers. Like, he has traits, compared to other high school wide receivers, he yes. absolutely is jumping off the page. Absolutely. Like, kid is running away from everyone. He's running through everyone. Huge contributor on their special teams huge contributor as far as a screen guy turning screens into long plays for northwestern um i mean pop on the film there's no doubt great high school wide receiver and because i actually think there's reason to believe he could maybe be an early contributor at South Carolina, I know generally people look kind of to the more four or five star guys as, as projecting them to be early contributors. But I, I've got a, I've I've had a good feeling about this guy since the summer when I was thinking South Carolina might make a move at the time. So I just I don't know sneaky good feeling here, sneaky good pickup for Carolina when you consider that it's January and you're able to tack a guy like that onto your class towards the end. And then, of course, you start looking ahead. The possible cherry on top, the top target pretty much as far as rankings go for this entire process for Carolina, Nick Harbor, which, of course, will be coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll run into a timeout, keep this conversation going. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Right here on 107.5 The Game. This is Rich Valdez. Maybe you've seen me on TV or heard me on The Mark Levin Show. Join me Monday through Friday for America at Night, a new kind of talk show for a new generation. We'll talk to influencers and newsmakers about what's really going on in America, from politics to pop culture. We're also going to talk to you, so make sure you subscribe to America at Night with Rich Valdez. Rich Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night. Get the podcast wherever you listen. You say you'll never join the Navy. Never climb Mount Fuji on a port visit. Or break the sound barrier. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy. Forged by the sea. 
It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Sounded by Fireman, with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler Wes. Chris and Preston along with you. You can hit us on the Love Chevrolet phone lines, 803-404-6100. Same number for the Firehouse Subs text line. We've got the Elijah Caldwell commitment done yesterday. Now focus kind of turns to Wendell Gregory, who is going to be announcing today at 430, the 2024 linebacker prospect out of Marietta, Georgia. Yeah, guys, um, Gamecock fans have had a good week. I think uh, it probably continues at 4.30 today, Chris. I know you've been dialed in to this one a little bit more than I have, but uh, top five for Wendell Gregory, South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn, Missouri, and North Carolina, a heavy SEC flavor there. And, man, this kid, have you had a chance to dive into this film yet, Chris? I mean, Gregory, he looks the way an SEC linebacker is supposed to look, and I – Man, I think these days a lot of times you watch these linebackers, even some really good ones, maybe they're rushing the passer on their film or maybe they're a safety who's going to get turned into a linebacker. You watch his film, dude does everything. Like mm-hmm. he's he's covering people 35 yards down the field. He's successfully rushing the passer. He's playing the actual linebacker position, which is a thing still. I think in really? – in, High school, a lot of times, guys, I don't know, they either get shuffled down to defensive end or they play him at DB. And so this is a true linebacker on three, man. Very, very high on Gregory. Number four linebacker in the country. Number 39 overall prospect for the 2024 class. If Carolina gets him, that would be four, four stars to start this class. And uh, kid's a stud. Yeah, I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have anything important to add to that except that, uh, is it Wendell or Wendell? You know, I've said both. Okay. That's one. Two. We call it Wendell. Two. Who's he named after? Because I don't, I don't feel like we're making very many Wendells anymore. I feel like that's, <laughs> a, that's a throwback. It's so, definitely like named after a grandpa or I, something gotta like be. that type He's got to be because Wendell's not. Papa Wendell. I was about to I would say, say it's his grandpa or great grandpa. I'd be willing to bet. If anybody, yeah. if, if y'all want to, if y'all get a chance to talk to him, just say like. We'll get the I-team on that. Yeah. Try to figure <laughs> out. That's it. No, like I said, I had nothing important to add. No, that was a great contribution. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't think I've even thought about it to the point of I don't even know which one I've been saying. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said both. I really Wendell, have. And Wendell. You know, it, it, you made me feel like a failure because, like, <laughs> when you talk to the kid, like I've talked to him several times, you would think, okay, because I've wondered the same thing, and you just never ask him, all right, Wendell or Wendell, what you got? Maybe you- <laughs> no, I've never asked you, him. You got to do the thing. It's like, oh, you know, for the purposes of this, can you say your name and spell it for me? Like, get him to record him saying that. Which one sounds more highfalutin? If is Wendell, it Wendell, Wend- Wendell sounds more modern. When he when he signs when he signs on the ladies, like Wendell, he's been Wendell the whole Wendell. time until he when he gets well, that, that next that, four star, gonna, he becomes Wendell. That, that that's the thing is you're going to like college football. You can create your own brand now. Absolutely, you were Wendell. Now you are Wendell. Urkel and Urkel. That's right. So that's Stephon like, Urkel. It's like the reverse uh, Josh Heupel. You get downgraded to, to Jeff. <laughs> he gets upgraded to John. Wendell. Yeah, you get uh, the upgrade. That's right. Yeah, but, I just want to know who he's named after. I just don't I don't feel many many parents are going for that one. Well, if he commits to the Gamecocks next time you guys get to talk to him, that is your first question. Yeah, we will. We will we'll, we'll effort that, we'll, right? We'll, we'll effort it. And mm-hmm. 
That by the way, that's a uh, Tyler. That's a journalism like one of those one hundred and one things where they teach you the first time you interview oh, yeah. someone. If you totally. put them on camera, you have to spell your name and say it for the camera for that lower third graphic. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, all right, guys, um, I've interviewed this person twelve times, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna ask them. But it's like. When you're in journalism one on one, like you literally, they're like, you have to do this you, every you, time. You, you got to do someone. it every time for consistency. I don't care if their name's yes. Joe Smith. Get them yes. to say it and spell it. Yeah, <laughs> it might be J O Smith. You never know, because people do spell their names differently. Is why you do that. Okay, we've seen some, whew, we've seen some interesting ones. Yes, come come along. But and by the way, Chris, you're supposed to be the guy who knows how to say the names. Well, I was gonna say uh, I did not do journalism one on one. You did. <laughs> so you're without excuse. I yeah. was a poli sci major, so sure. I can tell you, you know, how Congress is situated or something like that. Please don't. Not, that, that, yeah. begs, that begs the question: How did you end up doing this? I'm curious. Oh, just tricked a bunch of people, I okay. guess, into thinking he learned that in poli sci. Yeah, yeah got, got, I did. You yes. got that? Uh, the fabricator resume, where like, uh, <laughs> no, your like best friend is like the contact number every single time, where they can vouch for all these jobs you didn't do that's right yeah yeah i have five references they're all the same person um you're welcome just, Chris. just change your voice a little bit i'm back in with the m- more important information okay the name wendell reached its peak uh around 1946 was prime wendell wendell according to babysitter.com that was prime <laughs> that sounds about right yeah that's that's what i was figuring so 1946 was the peak of wendell 19 in 2022, it ranked 2,724th up plus 53 from where it was in 2021. So, so that means the most coming back. The most amount of people named so, Wendell would be what 76? That puts them, that's yeah. a great grandma. So, a clear, yeah, so a great clear, like, everybody came back from World War II and Resurgence. had a bunch of little Wendells, a lot of Wendells walking around, and now. They're all grandpas and mm-hmm. getting it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Little homage. Just, you know. Yeah, but Tyler, I did. I was a poli sci major. The short version is I just did recruiting stuff on the side and writing and like, hey, I'm pretty good a bunch at of people in to let me do it full time. And now here so, you are. Yeah. I mean, you fake it till you make it. That's right. Now Chris is an old man doing <laughs> it uh, to this day. <laughs> not not Wendell or Wendell old um, yet, but, but rapidly approaching. But back to him, seriously. <laughs> He, you know, he's a, so like when we say he's an on three consensus four star, that means, of course, the average of all four of the recruiting industries, uh, rankings, the major recruiting services. But he's also like literally a consensus four star in that he's ranked as a four star by every service. So sometimes with the actual on three consensus, you could have, you know, three services have him a four star and one has him as a three and the average comes out to a four. He's literally a four star on all of them. Now there's a, some pretty big differences within that. Um, on three, I think Wes pointed this out earlier, is is very high on Gregory. They have him number 39 nationally, regardless of position, the number four linebacker in the country, and number five in the state of Georgia, which is quite incredible. I mean, Georgia's absolutely loaded year in and year out with prospects. I might have missed this. What, what, uh, what part of Georgia is he from? Marietta. Marietta, okay. Yeah, plays at Walton High, which... Walton is a it's a powerful football program. Yes. They're consistently in the state championship. Lots of guys, yeah, good good point. Lots every, of guys every year. come out of there. Case and Henry, South Carolina freshman O line, also from there. So, little connection. You know, we were talking, Chris, um, about the different areas in Georgia. I feel like, um, and you can get back to your point, but I feel like Walton is one of those that 
every school just has it penciled in. Yeah. If you recruit Georgia, you're going to go by Walton every single time there's a contact period, basically. And, and and that's where a guy like Gregory, I mean, not that I mean, he earned these offers, right? But with all that foot traffic, you look at how many offers he has. It's probably, I don't know, 30, 20, 30 major offers from ACC. I mean, he's got Southern Cal offer. He's got everybody on the East Coast. And when they come through Walton, they're going to see, oh, a 6'3", 210-pound linebacker with long arms who can run and is rangy, all those things that Wes was describing on the film, he's going to be a natural fit to pick up an offer. But South Carolina's done a great job here. They were his first major offer. Um, Gregory is originally from Greenville, actually, so he's got some familiarity with the Palmetto State. And to Wes's point, I mean, you, you look at the film, he can do a little bit of everything. And so I think... Knowing how on three and Charles Power, who does a great job with their rankings, they'll see him, this kid, and they'll see his film, and and you know the production. But I think above all else, they're looking at the upside in that all those traits, you know, the frame that can get bigger, the the length at six three, six four, his ability to run, cover, rush the passer, and those things are pretty exciting. You know, when you when you rank a guy on three, they use kind of a pro model of how they're projecting guys, you're basically saying this kid could end up being a second-round draft pick is basically what you're saying at number 39 in the country. So that's that's pretty impressive. I think Charles, in my experience, not not that anybody is perfect in this stuff because rankings are very much uh, an art almost as opposed to a science, but Charles, more often than not, when he's kind of higher on a guy than other places are, it's sort of like he's early on them. And I feel like you'll see you'll see the other rankings go up as well. Although in this case, it's not like Gregory is an unknown prospect. Very known guy, as you said, four star on every single service. There's just a there's there, you know, a lot of times you'll say, all right, a four star is a four star, maybe if you're a casual fan of this stuff. There can be a decent distance between a sort of late four-star and an early four-star as far as the rankings go. For example, um, Rivals has him 220 nationally. Um, 24-7 Sports does not have him nationally ranked. It's He's a four-star, but he's low four-star, number 22 linebacker. So you're talking about is he the number 22 linebacker in the country or is he the number four linebacker in the country? Even though those are all four-stars, that's a very deep distance there it is and charles i meant to ask him about this west when we had him on on the pod recently i have to go back to it next time we have him on which i hope is soon um i think he ranked eric armstead who plays i believe for the niners now i think charles ranked him as like a five star when he had like one offer or or maybe none so to your point he 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 will be out in front of some guys and he just does a great job with it and they do i think above a lot of others again they they do kind of pro model guys a little bit more and so i think gregory could adjust not a whole lot of room to go super up you know but i think he could get he could even get adjusted down based on the senior film which is another thing that on three's team values a good bit just they'll probably want to see his on field production catch up a little bit you know the to the potential but there's a lot of it here and i think a, another storyline is if they can get him That'll now be three cycles in a row, and we can get into this on the other side where they've landed a four-star 
linebacker at South Carolina. Yep, we'll continue this conversation on the other side. Halfway through the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here, 107.5. It could be information to change your life forever. Or the Something You Should Know podcast could just be something interesting. We're talking about the benefits of play. My guest is Joanna Fortune, author of the book, Why We Play, How to Find Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life. Playfulness in the life of adults in terms of its psychosocial impact is understudied, if anything. But the research that is available does point to a myriad of pro-social benefits and psychological benefits. Something You Should Know, wherever you listen. You say you'll never join the Navy. That living on a submarine would be too hard. You'd never power a whole ship with nuclear energy. Never bring a patient back to life. Or play the national anthem for a sold-out crowd. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Start your journey at Navy.com. America's Navy. Forged by the sea. The game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks, 1075 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West, Chris, and Preston along with you. It is Friday, and that means Firehouse Subs has a sub of the day waiting for you today. They do. We about I, to get some firehouse. I'm, I was going to say, I'm very excited. We're literally going to firehouse after this. We, we do it a lot, actually, but today is the day. I don't know if I'll get the sub of the day, but if you want to get it, here's what it is. Jamaican jerk turkey. That's every Friday. You can get it at any of the 14 Midlands locations of firehouse subs. The sub of the day is a $5.99 for a small or $7.99 for a medium. They have one every day, Monday through Sunday. Today is Jamaican Jerk Turkey. And just to let you know, since we're not going to be here during the weekend, guys, tomorrow, Saturday, Club on a Sub, Sunday is Italian. Two really, really good ones. Club on a Sub is Saturday? Yep. You want to go tomorrow, too? Yes. And, and Italian's probably my favorite, so let's just go all three Club days. Club on a Sub is actually my favorite. Um, uh, what yep. you getting today? <sighs> you know, I might have to get the prime rib steak sub. It's another great okay, option. that's a new one, I think. Um, yep. I'm going smokehouse beef and cheddar brisket. Add bacon. I was about to say. Shout out Larry bacon. Chandler. That's his go-to, I think. You, so. you know, the other week when you guys had your remote at Firehouse Subs yep. on uh, Forest Drive, I was in here producing the show, and uh, before I left, I'm like, oh, we're going to bring you back a sub, you know, just for working the show or whatever. I said, that sounds great. And so I get, you know, the little box with the sub in it. It didn't label it what it was. I didn't know what the sub was, but I was hungry. I ate it. Had no clue what the sub was. Absolutely delicious. One of the best sandwiches I've ever had. I hope I can go back and find the same one that I had. Again, I don't don't know what it was. Absolutely delicious. I'm, I'm pretty though. sure I think we can help you out with that. I think okay. Kendra brought you the turkey bacon ranch. Does it that was, sound right? It was not the turkey bacon okay. ranch. It did not have bacon on it. I remember that. But it had several different meats on it. Whatever it was, it was delicious. I'm going to go back and I guess I'll just go through the menu until I find it again. That probably sounds good. <laughs> just order one of each. That's okay. right. Just come out to us next time. Larry will hook you up with a sampler platter. So yeah, today... That is the sub of the day, the Jamaican Jerk Turkey. Fr- every Friday at Firehouse Subs, you can order it, firehousesubs.com, Rapid Rescue, or the Firehouse Subs app. Make sure you join the rewards program. Appreciate them for being a part of the show. What do you um, want to talk about now? Well, we <laughs> <laughs> so before the break, I do want to talk about this. I want to get y'all's take on this to see if, like, I'm on the right track. So this has been, like, you know how some of the Gamecock fan storylines and, like, I don't know, sometimes it's a narrative, sometimes it's really legitimately just like a storyline that's worth tracking. 
and I think one of them is linebacker for USC. Sky Moore is probably, unless I'm forgetting somebody, he's the best that they've had in recent memory. 2013 class member. He was a four-star, kind of barely. Miami completely screwed up that recruitment, thankfully for South Carolina. So he plays from 2013 to 2017. And since then, there's been kind of this like lag, this gap. Is that fair? I'll, I'll put one other guy okay. in there. Let's, Ernest Jones. Yes, that's very fair. Er, Ernest, Ernest is still criminally playing. underrated. Yeah, Ernest is... I haven't watched him much this year, I'll be honest. But he was playing... Oh, yeah. In the and Super he was, Bowl. What a fourth round draft pick. Yeah, yeah. So Ernest, not a highly ranked guy, though. Like yeah, a yeah, low three yeah. star. I think Carolina beat Duke on him. You know, I mean, really good evaluation, really good player, both at South Carolina, drafted in the mid rounds and starting and playing a lot for the Rams. So great point. But aside from those two, I guess, there's been kind of this lag and just like missing on some guys flat out in recruiting. Some of the guys that you did bring in, like like Rosendo Lewis was a four-star. Wasn't a hit. Um, not bringing in four-star type talents. Well, now you look at what they're doing with Shane Beamer. You know, you got Mo Caba from 2020. That was a holdover. But he was a four-star guy. Unfortunately, had the knee injury this past year. Looked like he was a breakout type. And now, if they can land Gregory, which we think they're in good shape, now you're going to have three straight classes where you brought in at least a four-star. Got Stone Blanton from the 22 class, Pup Howard in this cycle, 2023, and then Gregory would be 24. So, uh, do we think that South Carolina is kind of upgrading the talent overall, the athleticism at linebacker, especially if they can land Gregory? I mean, on paper, they certainly are. And um, I would say by eye test, they are as well. We'll see what these guys do when they get to South Carolina, assuming Gregory does commit today. But, I mean, Let's talk about the fact that they got to find a way to shore up this run defense. And, you know, I think a lot of times run defense gets maybe put on one group or another group when really it is a collective effort. And the box. Yeah. The, your, your linebackers matter. And I think, you know, not to, not to throw anybody under the bus, but I, I think, yes, they got to be better up front too, like defensive line play at times. But I think there was a lot of times where Carolina just could not eat up the angles they needed to at linebacker to either, I mean, look at Missouri running that stretch play over and over and over again. The quick passes to the outside when teams are forcing your linebackers, hey, run this way. The next play, we're going to throw the screen over here. Run that way. The sideline to sideline aspect of playing that position. I think that's something Carolina has lacked a little bit. So can you upgrade the speed? Can you upgrade the athleticism? Um, on paper, it certainly appears that they are doing just that. And uh, Preston, how, how much how much of stopping the run percentage-wise is on your interior D-line, then your ends, then your linebackers, then your safety? I mean, is it really just a total com- – like full team effort to doing that. Yeah, because there's some it, most defenses are still predicated on some form of gap control, and mm-hmm. so one person can be winning whether that's the D lineman winning in his gap, and then if the linebacker reads the wrong gap, gets blown up out of his gap, or just takes a bad angle, then a play that should have otherwise been a win sort of breaks down because one person one person messed up, and then if you don't have 
as you was talking about Ernest Jones and, and, and Sky Moore, basically they're the same dude, right? Body-wise, kind of long, rangy, can cover, go sideline to sideline. And they were unique because they could go backwards and forwards as far as covering the pass, essentially. What happens when you have those guys is that they make up for a lot of mistakes that are made up front. And if you don't have somebody who can cover that much ground, plays that used to be made that we got excused for are not getting made anymore. And now they clean they, things up. It's just those yeah. are the guys. And you, it's really hard to put a value on a, on a type of player like that. Sky was so good at cleaning it up. Like, he, and Clown, I mean, Clowney made you right so much on the edge, like mm-hmm. in a different way, just because he just did things that nobody could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could, he could take, you know, a lot of, Teams were starting to do a lot more zone read at that time, and he could take the quarterback and the running back at right. the same time and just make a decision. Here we go. Right, but, but on that on the same deal, when say if you're the D end and you get maybe you get sucked in and you lose contain, but Sky gets over the top yep. and makes that play, everybody claps. The coach might be cursing you out, but <laughs> everybody else is. We as the fans were like, okay, good job. And and you know Sky. Like, he, he was kind of almost an enigma because he was not that big. Like, he was a little smaller than Ernest even, like, from a – what what was he? I mean, 225 maybe mm-hmm. on Sky. Yeah. He could take on Todd Gurley in the hole and bring him down by himself. It, it was almost bizarre, mm-hmm. you know, and because and, Todd Gurley made a lot of people miss who were really, really good. He'd run you over, run by you, run around you. Um, so that's a great point. I mean, Sky was was so good. Even if he himself was out of position, he could get himself back in. And so I think South Carolina has been missing that some. And that's why I think people were so excited even about Mo Cabo because he was the guy, supposed to be the guy this past season that can make you right more because he was so big and athletic and, like, had the traits to do it. And when he went down, I think that not only hit their depth, but it hit some of their playmaking ability. Well, here's the kind of interesting thing about that is that I think with, in in a lot of ways, maybe the best linebacker is playing strong safety in number 21, right? He's probably the best linebacker on the team. But even if you keep him where he is, because you have that guy that can cover there, now you have, you can, maybe you can afford to get more of a, a thumper in in the middle um, that can maybe just play more downhill, more down downfield than what you had to do when when uh when Sky was there because the safeties weren't as strong so he had to my my enduring thing about Sky is how many interceptions he had and how many times he'd just be Insane. running the seam with a receiver or a tight end or something in in coverage and maybe because if you have Nick Emmanuel playing that those coverage aspects you can kind of afford to get a linebacker that's a little bit more of a thumper going straight ahead. Sky may be one of the biggest surprises for me now onto the other end of it in that he's not really sort of latched on in the NFL. Like I, I and maybe, maybe it is a sight, like maybe that kind of finally caught up to him. But like you said, man, his ability to cover people at that position and the instincts of just knowing exactly where the ball is going to be was, I mean, probably the best we've seen from that position. I think you can say that. Um, certainly since I've been watching it. And so that, that was always just so impressive. I think there's some just innate – instincts there of knowing what to do but I, I really thought sky would uh you know would stick in the league but obviously at this point that just that has not happened but i don't think we were ready during the season for the even worry conversation because it was like all right he's got to play safety right now let's not mess with that but now that we're in the off season 
I think that's a very real conversation. Where's the best place for Nicky Minwari? And do you have the guts to make that move knowing how well he's played at safety so far? All right, we'll run to our final timeout and come back and wrap up the week. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, 107.5 The Game, presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central. Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 107.5 The Game. A great selection of new Chevys is available now at Herndon Chevrolet. The lot is packed with inventory and more is on the way. So shop your hometown Chevy dealer today. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell, on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, Chris, and Preston wrapping things up here on your Friday afternoon. We've been talking all this recruiting today. we got to make our last recruiting pitch to Preston before he departs us in the transfer portal over the early game starting on Monday. I mean, I would love to make that pitch, but it, it seems that if the announce it seems the announcement has been made. I don't know if the letter of intent has been sent in yet, but Preston, we're gonna miss you and we'll see you on Monday at eleven because we're gonna <laughs> We respect your decision. We're gonna we respect your decision, but we're gonna continue to recruit you. Well, I appreciate it. I, you know, the, the announcement has been made. We have not had a show yet, so. Yeah, well, still know, time. Just, oh. Just, just think about that. Just putting that out there. He, but, he, um, he did get the uh, the bowl game practice yesterday where he's in from 8 to 9, I'm, so. I'm, you know, just letting you know. But, uh, yeah, man, this has always been great. Great to hang out with y'all, and I'll definitely be able to stop through, especially if there's anything. If you need any uh, groundbreaking information like Wendell, 1946. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So if, if whenever we can get some stuff like that, I'll be here for that. We we know you know what you need to do is if if you are ever listening to our show and you have a thought like that, you just need to call in and be like, guys, where? How do you say his name? <laughs> just call in randomly with with random questions about uh, guys and their names. Um, hey, also before we get out of here, y'all, we haven't talked. I know this is a Gamecock show. <laughs> They've been talking about the playoffs above our head the entire hour. Does anybody have any predictions for this weekend, or are we just excited to watch some? I, th- I think what will be two pretty good games. Yeah, I think it's going to be two competitive games. We made we, our picks last we made hour. Our, we made our y'all made your picks. Yeah, Let's we did. Now Preston does think that the Bengals are going to blow out the Chiefs. I, 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 that blow was a little surprising. I think, gonna, I, I, think I don't know. I feel it. I feel it. He said thirty-five to seventeen, mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Boy, you know it, why? It was, you know what I. It's, it's not what you think. It, it's not, it's not, it's, what happened was this more. I, I got gassed though. I read the article about Cincinnati's defense and uh. the D coordinator, and I, I guess I'm just like, oh yeah, man. They call the cleanup crew, and that's the. That's oh, their, any any defense with a good nickname. Uh, so I think by, I just got gassed up this morning. So I, that that could be totally false. Did, did y'all see the uh, the little war war of the war words here? Willie Gay, no, what, Chiefs what uh, linebacker. Oh, Burrowhead. Well, he was asked. Um, he was asked what impressed him about the Bengals' offense. He said nothing. Ooh. Oh, and then Uh-oh. it was uh, then one of the Bengals' players came back with uh, Burrowhead instead of Arrowhead. Ooh. Uh, well, it's, hey, he's undefeated there. Ooh. Give him credit. Okay. See, I I think that Preston has bought in completely to so. Joe Burrow. Might, like that, that's that might be it. I Burrows. think he's rolling. He's rolling with Joe Burrows. It might be. <laughs> Joe Burrows, my man. <laughs> uh, what what do y'all got in the other game? Uh, we we both had low, lower scoring affairs. I do think the Eagles will 
probably pull it out, but I just kind of want to see a good football game. Though. Yeah, no, I think both these games going to be tight. The the point spreads are pretty tight there. Um, you know, after last weekend where three of the four games weren't super competitive, I just hope we get two good four quarter games. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm team Debo. Although you got to think at some point the Niners quarterback situation is going to catch up to him. Like I look at the Niners and I'm like which one of these don't belong as far as QBs go and I'm like Brock Purdy. But so far he's played he's played very very well and they do such a good job of getting their players in positive situations. I think the Fighting Debos win that one and I don't know. I, I don't know if I can go against Mahomes. I'm I'm a Patrick Mahomes guy. I uh, how's his knee or ankle or whatever it was. It, but, hey, I saw some very very zoomed in iPhone footage on Twitter. What did I of, tell you, Preston? They zoomed in on that thing when he was at his press conference of him uh, of him going through some some exercises. He'll be fine. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. And Brock Purdy is better than Trent Dilfer. Is better than Trent Dilfer and has a better system and probably more playmakers around him. No Trent Dilfer also had the, the best defense. I would say we could yeah. win the Super Bowl with that Ravens defense. Yeah, they're pretty defense. good. Well, the Bengals defense. What was that stat I saw about the Bengals defense? Like they haven't allowed a first quarter touchdown in like forever. Yeah, like I said, I, re- I read the article this morning. And I got kind of gassed up. I was like, oh, well, maybe I do like these guys. So the, the whole Jamar deal is they're a bunch, a bunch of no name dudes who have really high football IQs, and they put these elaborate game plans in for each quarterback, and so we'll see. Yeah, love that's watching That's why – okay, yeah, I was wrong. It's not the Joe Burrow thing. That's that's why that's your team That's why I said Eagles. I think I just got a you know, yeah. propaganda guy this pr- morning. Preston's been facing the dilemma this week. Is he ready to consider Burrow the best quarterback if he wins on Sunday? Yeah, because I haven't been able to, but if he wins, that's four, four in a row. Yeah, it's four yeah, no. You would have to – when you're when you're here on Monday, we'll we'll revisit and talk about it. <laughs> you have to finish Thanks. the conversation. Yeah. Or Chris, we're just gonna show up at uh what time do you start? Six AM? Yeah. See that's the thing then. about six AM. You know you don't have to worry about many people showing up. That's true. You have to be yeah, very I'm, lying. I'm not I'm not showing up. Hey, the, the roads are clear <laughs> at five thirty in the morning. I can we'll promise come, we'll you. We'll come that. in at eight fifty just to have that one segment. Oh yeah, there you go. Before. All right, that'll do it for this week of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Me, Wes, and Chris will be back on Monday. Of course, you can catch Preston on the early game starting Monday morning at 6 a.m. to talk all things happening this weekend. Thanks so much for listening. Jay and Terry coming up next with the halftime show. You've been listening to Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Ross Matthews talks to celebrities, friends, and people with interesting stories to tell. Who's saying hello, Ross, this week? Richard Fierro, I am so beyond thrilled to chat with you. It's not every day we have an actual life-saving hero. I want to heap praise on you, and I want you to accept well, the hero status. <laughs> it's I, been hard, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you deserve a hero status. I, I want to hear about that day. Hello, Ross. Available on YouTube or wherever you listen.